0: Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Welcome online to Grape Top Church. I'm your host, Homer Hargrove. Uh, Today we are going to continue our series in times, and this is our last uh, sermon on uh, times, and. Um you know, I I it's, there's just so many different things that we could have talked about when it comes to the times that we're in. And I, I do think it's really funny that around this time last year, we had so many people that started joining us online and reaching out because they were afraid that we were in the end times. And um and then after a couple months you're like, Well, I guess it's okay. <laughs> and then Again, this year, they're like, hey, <laughs> it's like a repeat, like, around this time, I guess it's just like a, if there is going to be a season where it's the apocalypse or in times, it just seems like it's going to be around August, July, like, that, it just seems like a good fit for, uh, recently. But today, to finish up the series, we're going to talk about the weight of waiting. The weight of waiting. And the first thing when it comes to this topic of the weight of waiting is the price of patience um you know to give some backdrop uh when we're talking about waiting waiting is is one of the most peculiar things uh in our like human nature to where we just despise it we we can't stand it and when you have long periods of waiting even when you get news that you have to wait to do something or hear something or know something you literally feel like a weight on your shoulders like oh, i have to wait with this like this this hope or this this expectation what's going to happen and you just have to sit there and not do anything and s- starting off with this idea about the price of patience patience is expensive even though it's always available for free patience is expensive, even though it's always available for free. What I mean by that is that patience is marketed and sold with almost every item being released. It, you can always, uh, whether it's pre-order, or the first fifty people that uh, that buy now, you'll get uh, you'll get a special release. There's always like a, uh, an ex, uh, an expedited way to receive something coming out if you pay more for it. It makes me think um, the first time I noticed this was when I don't know if you guys remember when the like phone apps, game apps first came out and it was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And like, it was really easily uh, addictive to just like get an app on your phone and just play it like, you know, Candy Crush for some of you. Well, for me, I really got into Clash of Clans. I was a lot younger. Okay. But Clash of Clans is like, I'm going to, I'm going to able to build my forts get some barbarians, archers, go raid villages. It was great. And a peculiar thing about this is that whenever you're building something, it would give you a time frame that you had to wait for, for it to be built. And so at first, like your first couple of levels, like level one through three, it's like, oh, 30 seconds. Like I can wait that long. And you're just sitting there watching and like, all right, come on. And then the, the higher levels you would get, the longer the wait. So all of a sudden it turned into like 30 minutes, Two hours, and then it got really extreme. It was like seven days. It's like, yeah, so y'all didn't even know about that, huh? And you're like, what? Seven days just to build my town hall to level thirteen? That's ridiculous. (laughs) And there was a way around it though, that you could use gems to expedite the the time frame. It only costs like three hundred gems, and you could have it done right now. And it only cost five dollars and ninety-nine cents to get three hundred gems. And whenever I saw that, I would think to myself, that's crazy. <laughs> and I would wonder who in the world would pay money to to just like get their town hall built faster. Like I couldn't imagine it. But there's part of me that I was like, man, but you're really gonna wait that long? <laughs> and I remember uh once it was like cause you could get clans and have other people join as like online and and all of a sudden I started hearing people talk about how it's a hundred dollars on gyms. And I was like, dog, you could have got like a real video game. <laughs> this, is, this is just for like to pass the time. Like this isn't even supposed to be the real thing. And people, I was shocked when I started realizing that people were willing to pay money so that they wouldn't have to wait. Fast forward to today. I don't know if any of y'all know about like the consoles that were released last year. One of the the high ticket items was like the PlayStation 5. That it, it sold out, and it's, it's still very hard to to get. I have one because I was able to learn the algorithms of Walmart.com, but that's for another day. That's we're going to talk about that in uh, December when it gets cold. <laughs> we'll have a whole message about that. But what what was what's crazy is that these consoles. They were selling out. You couldn't get, it was very, very hard to get them. And when I say very hard, I mean close to impossible. And scalpers were selling these consoles that that range from like three to $400 for $1,200. And people were buying them. You know why they were willing to buy something three times higher than it was actually supposed to cost? Because they weren't willing to wait. They were willing to pay past the patience. It, even on Black Friday, GameStop had this thing where they were going to sell, they were going to have in-store two consoles uh, per store, but you had to be in line to get it. And I remember we just, we, we had to go get something. I don't remember why we were driving by. I was like, let me just drive by GameStop. You know, just to see. And it was like two days before, it was like Wednesday night. I saw people camped out ready to spend their Thanksgiving day oh my out, outside of GameStop. And, and I mean, I was, I was thought in my head, like, I would be willing to wait a couple hours. <laughs> but an entire day, two days? And, like, the holidays? It sounded crazy, but it's the thought of even just standing there and waiting there for two days was better. And they were willing to pay that price rather than... Not knowing when they were gonna get it later, rather than just waiting a couple months. And even now, people are still paying twice as much as what a console is worth just to get it because they're not willing to wait. And it it amazes me that millions of people are willing to pay more for something that will eventually be offered to everyone just because they're not, uh, if they don't have to wait as long. This shows a glimpse of the true power of coveting for one. This is just a side note like extra credit. Coveting out of all the 10 commandments seems like the most insignificant, right? Like we know like don't don't use the Lord's name in vain, all your, honor your mother and, and father, you know, d- don't commit adultery, like we we got those ones down. Don't murder, that's a big one. But to right next to don't murder is don't covet. We just write that out, We're like, well, oh, that's not a big one. That's not. That's not a really big deal. But see, this, the willingness that people are willing to just pay three times as much, wait outside in the middle of nowhere uh, just to, so that they don't have to experience patience, it shows a glimpse of coveting, of how really powerful it is. And it also shows us that we as humans cannot bear the process of waiting. We just can't take it. We we have this natural inclination to want to buy the speed pass, at, the flash pass at Six Flags. Who wants to wait in line? No one. Let's just get the flash pass and go around. See, we we are so against the idea of waiting that we're willing to pay more for it. And I would say also that we ruin ourselves time and time again as we try to meddle and work around uh, our way around nearly every concept of waiting. Do you ever realize that we often work harder in order to not wait than if we were to just wait? I'll give an exa- a couple of examples. Um, have you ever had a moment where you were hungry, but you didn't want to make that food? So what do you do? It, it'll take way too long for that food to cook. It has to bake for 20 minutes. Are you kidding? No, let's go get fast food. It takes 10 minutes there, five minutes to pick up, 10 minutes to get back and it took longer to get fast food, but you were willing to work so much harder because you'd be able to have it in your hands in a seemingly more quicker way. You wouldn't have to wait. You'd be doing something while you're going to get it. And even though you tell yourself all the time, like, oh, I shouldn't be doing fast food. It's not good for me, but I really don't want to wait. I don't want to experience patience, and so I'll just get it again this one time. Let's just eat out. I don't want to cook. Another one, lottery instead of investment. It, it seems so much better to just spend money on lottery tickets than it does actually spending money on a money market account, right? Right. You could have a money market account for less than $50 a month, but I'd rather just spend like $40 a month on lottery tickets and one day I'll I have it. I'll have everything I need. Just one day Or go let's go to the casino Lottery instead of investment because we want it quick. We want it fast fad extreme diets Instead of portion-controlled healthy diets I fad diets are crazy that just and I've heard the, the craziest diets that, and it's just people get on them and literally destroy their week. And destroy their they're so tired they're so like almost helpless in that throughout their week because they're trying to get quick results fast because they don't want to wait for the long term results. MLM marketing companies instead of starting your own business, the the biggest catch the biggest hook for multi-level marketing network companies is that you could start your business now And and it will be your own business. We'll just tell you how to do it We'll just manage everything and we'll we'll control everything, but it'll be yours and the reason that's such a big hook for so many people is because it's the idea that I'll be able to get the results of my own business Faster than actually starting my own business and does it ever work? No, If, if you're lucky You'll be able to make enough money to pay for the monthly subscription of what you have to pay for to stay in that multi-level marketing <laughs> company, if you're lucky. And I'm just trying to get us, get us to realize that we try to skip the process of waiting time and time again. What are some other ones? Uh, even when it comes to spiritual stuff, you know how many people go to Bible college because they are not willing to do daily devotions. They want to go to a Bible college just so that they can be told what the Bible says rather than just reading the Bible themselves. It People want fast spiritual results without having to wait and put in the work themselves. And the last one I'll share is even the concept of heaven. People would rather believe in parallel universes that they can tap into now. <laughs> if they just get their vibrations up, if they get their minds right and focused, you can live in that parallel universe now. This, this third state of being or fourth state, I don't know. but Rather than waiting for the concept of real eternity, rather than actually waiting for heaven, y'all see how we literally try to bypass every process of waiting with really foolish concepts. Let me get my chakras right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all, yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> See, all of that is to bypass the true waiting process of authentic spirituality and get instant gratification of spirituality because you don't want to wait to actually become spiritual. You just want the spiritual results. Yeah, it's deep, right? Making some waves. The whole battle we face with patience is entirely in our mind. It's entirely in our mind. And often we fabricate bad counterfeits to the real things we hope for. If you think about everything that we're meddling with and and accept, rather than actually waiting for the real thing, it's a horrible counterfeit. The simplest idea is fast food. It tastes horrible. It tastes so bad. And, and, and afterwards, you, you feel the guilt, like the, the food guilt. You're like, why did I do this? It doesn't taste good. Your body feels crappy. But we do it again and again because we, we accept the counterfeit in order to avoid the process of waiting. When we catch ourselves, I want to encourage and urge us, when we catch ourselves plodding our way around patience, you'll catch yourself. After today, I, I, I put it out there in Jesus' name, that the Holy Spirit would cause you to stop and realize that you are trying to, to meddle around the process of waiting. And it's, I, I urge you to pause and breathe pause and breathe whether it's for like a minute five minutes maybe you need to take a day to just breathe and allow yourself to wait so that all of your adrenaline of the thought of getting it now will subside and you can actually process and think is it better for me to just wait process it and just allow yourself time to wait to even think about whether or not you're willing to wait y'all dig that Because usually when you're, when you feel like you're, uh, you're wanting to rush, you're wanting to get it fast, it's usually because of an unresolved issue in your heart or your identity almost every time. And I'm not talking about things that are urgent, like, oh my gosh, we're out of food. We need to get groceries. You don't need to wait about that. Like go to the grocery store. Like that's urgent. I'm talking about the things that can wait, but you don't want to wait. Usually, it's because, like, say it's an item that you want. I referenced a PS5 earlier. So many people were willing to pay three times as much because they're simply not happy. They're not happy, and they feel like it will give them a a state of happiness. Have you ever thought about how you wanted to buy a new car because it would make you happy? You really, you will find every other description of why you want to get a new car when people ask you about it. But deep down, the reason you really want it is because you feel like it'll make you happier. Y'all dig what I'm saying? You need to understand that these things will not fulfill you. That if, you, if it's something that you really do desire, that you really want, then it should be worth waiting for. Y'all feel that? Let me end on this verse. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, better to be patient than powerful grasp that concept for a moment. Better to be patient than powerful. Powerful means that you could just take it by force, but the Bible says it's better to be patient. There's more reward in patience. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. This is is a book of wisdom that's telling us that patience and self-control is more powerful, more useful, than actual strength and and the ability to just take it right then and now. Let's, Let's go into our next point, ending on the price of patience. Let's talk about the erosion of doubt. Let's talk about what happens typically in that process of waiting. Unfiltered doubt will erode the hopes that you stand on. Unfiltered doubt will erode the hopes that you stand on. When I say unfiltered doubt, I mean like unchecked doubt. You know, when there's moments where you have doubts and you're like, "No, it's not going to happen," but then there's other times where you get doubt and you allow it to just, like, literally run on this wheel, and it continues to grow and just constantly every day you, it, that doubt grows and grows and grows. The hardest part of building something special is waiting. The way that I imagine it is that there's sometimes where you can build on something. You're literally trying to build something and grow something in your life. And there's a moment where it's like, uh, often described as like laying a foundation. You're trying to build something new in your life and it's going to dramatically change your life, change your purpose and you're building it. But the first thing you have to do is lay the foundation. And oftentimes we lay that foundation, whether it's uh, actually starting our own business, Um, uh, starting a new venture, even maybe it's a a marriage or raising kids, whatever it is, there's a foundational process that we have that takes a lot of work, but you don't really see the results. If you've ever drove by buildings, been a part of a building project, the first thing you have to do is lay the foundation and it's so much work and it, it doesn't look beautiful at all. And then you just pour cement all over it and so it takes the longest time to build that foundation and it looks the simplest it looks like it was already there before you got there and a lot of times that waiting process is doing all that work and feeling like you're not seeing any results and now the cement is drying there's nothing more you can do and you're just like well i just feel like i should do something but there's nothing else to do and you're just waiting for the foundation to work you're waiting for the cement to dry and it doesn't look like anything's happening You all know, feel what i'm saying another comparison i'd make it to is if you've ever planted before planted seeds there's a part where once you once you cover that soil you literally just have to wait it's horrible <laughs> you don't know if that seed is actually growing you don't know if it's just another pebble, if it's actually working, and you're just waiting there and wondering, when is it going to happen? When is it going to start showing? And the reason this process is, is so difficult is because you're waiting for the unseen. You're waiting for the unseen. And these are the moments that we should learn how to lean our hopes onto God. How to really put our hopes and our worries and put them into God and trust the really that what God can do in the waiting times and when those doubts come we have to we have to really learn how to throw those out and trust the the simple process of waiting how even when you can't do something waiting is doing something I want to share this verse in James chapter verse 7 through it says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen and you too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. The reason this verse is really speaking to us about patience and it gives us imagery of a farmer that not even being able to control the weather, you just have to wait for the rains to come. You have to wait for things to happen. And notice how at the end of this verse, it says, take courage. Doesn't it take courage to just be willing to wait? A lot of times we don't really think about that. We think of courage being something where you go and act and you do something, you, you make something happen, but it actually takes courage to, let, to leave your hands off of it. I think about so many parents that have to take courage to let their kid learn something on their own. As a parent, you want to just be able to show them and and tell them and do it for them, but you have to take courage and let them learn how to do it on their own. It takes courage and I want us to understand when it comes to doubt, let's compare it to some natural foundations and rocks, even the smallest cracks even the smallest cracks that have a constant stream of water will turn into canyons one day. Mountains that have the smallest cracks in them will turn into canyons with a constant stream of water because that water will not all at once, but consistently erode that mountain. And see these doubts are the same way that when just a little doubt, if we leave that constant stream of doubt there, it will run a canyon through your marriage. It will run a canyon through your, your purpose, your, your heart, your passion in starting your own business. Your passion in whatever it is, it will run a canyon right through it. You'll doubt your entire life if you allow doubt to have a steady stream. You have to learn how to control and finish your thoughts to be able to stop the fruits of doubt. What are some of these fruits of doubt? discouragement, anxiety, worry, stress, running away before finishing. A lot of us have the courage to start something, but once that doubt gets a hold of our hearts, once it gets grips in our mind and it grows and it grows, we'll run away from something we started because we're afraid of failing. And I want to there's there's so many there's so many things that this applies to, but I wanna take a moment to step back and say that the, one of the biggest things that this doubt attacks is marriages. I, I don't know how many times I see whether, uh, even Lauren showed me this, uh, like an influencer that openly started saying how there, it was like a, a mom that she followed, a mom page, and hopefully started sharing how she's getting a divorce and this and that, and she was just really sad for her, um, for what she was going through. And the more that she was reading the poets, the more it showed there was an inspired seed of doubt. There was an inspired seed of doubt from somebody. For this specific situation, it was a counselor that inspired a seed of doubt within her marriage. And it grew so much to where she doubted her whole beginning. And I want to take a moment to expound on that. The enemy will always cause, uh, try to speak to us doubt about the way something started. It will always try to inspire doubt the way something began. And you can go all the way back to Genesis and look at the Garden of Eden. And the trick that he used against Eve was, did God really say that? All he did was inspire doubt to the very beginning of what God had told them. And that doubt grew so much to where she developed this, this foolish idea about God. She developed a foolish idea about the, the tree itself and began to desire something that she never even desired in the first place. You know how many times marriages fall apart because that seed of doubt is planted to where they think, well, we should have never got married in the first place. That. The way that we got we got together. It was it was a sham. It it, it was really just we we were young and dumb We didn't really know anything and we doubt the whole beginning And then it goes even further to where we start having these desires that we never even had before that were inspired by somebody else It could be a comment. It could be a a random uh, image something to where all of a sudden people will start desiring a different person that they never desired before, a different kind of person that they've never desired before, but because that doubt was inspired in them, they had these new desires that were never there, just like how Eve had this random desire to go to, to eat of the fruit when she never had it before. Do you all see how easily doubt can erode relationships, can erode families? I don't know how many times families completely broken apart because there is this small inspiration of doubt and the love of, uh, of a father, the love of uh, uh, the respect of a kid, just a little seed of doubt that causes huge divisions. We must learn how to get these things under control and look back at the beginning for what it was and what it is. We have to look at it untainted by the worries of today or the voices of uncertainty and we have to stand on our beginnings. We have to stand on our beginnings. If you started a new goal in your life, like so many New Year's resolutions are thrown out, not because people uh, aren't good at finishing, but because they start doubting that they won't be able to finish and they give up. Stand on your beginning. You weren't just making a New Year's resolution because you were bored, but you really desired something. And so many times we, we have uh, these ventures, these things that we set out to do, but when we doubt ourselves, we just give up one day. I, I tell you and I urge you, stand on your beginning moment. You were fully capable and in, in your right mind when you made that decision, even if it was to be with that person, to, to do whatever it was, and you need to stand on it and don't let the enemy deceive you into doubting the beginning. Y'all feel me? So the last thing I want to share uh, in this point is Galatians 6, 9. It says, let's not become discouraged in doing good. For in due time, we will reap if we do not become weary. We will reap if we do not become weary. Never grow tired of doing good. This is just like a great verse to hold on to. Galatians 6, 9. Because as you are trying to do good in your life, with your kids, with your marriage, with your family, with your business, whatever it is, Let this verse remind you to never grow tired of doing good. Press on. Don't let that doubt cause you to stop prematurely. Now, and our final point um, is the process of waiting. Waiting always refines character. Waiting always refines character. You know, I'm making a lot of references to marriage right now, but, um, and it's because I'm married, for one, but um, I feel like it's, it's easy to glimpse at and apply to so many other parts of our lives. And now that I've been married to Lauren for nine years, going on ten, and I can look back in the moments where things were really difficult, where doubts were inspired, and there's moments where uh, things were not great, not necessarily that things were horrible or bad, but things were not great. And in those moments where you're just waiting, like, what's next? That, those moments where you decide to wait it out, those moments where you decide to, to wait with each other, and throwing out the doubts and the ideas of, well, is it, it going to get any better? Uh, is it always going to be like this? Is it going to get worse? You know, so many thoughts like that go in our minds of just allowing yourself to wait in the process. And that it will actually refine you and grow you into becoming stronger and better than where you were before. Let me share this. In John chapter 13, verses 5 through 7, Jesus says, uh, this is Jesus when he's washing the disciples' feet. And it says, Then he poured water into a basin and began washing the disciples' feet, and wiping them with a the towel which he had tied from around himself. So he came to Simon Peter and he said to him, Lord, you are washing my feet. And Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not realize right now, but you will understand later. Isn't that a powerful excerpt that has so much power to just take away? Right now you don't realize what I'm doing, but later you will. Do you just have flashbacks right now of God working in your life to where you're going through something and you didn't know why? It makes sense. But as you look back now, you can see how that difficult process you went through prepared you for what you really wanted. It makes me think about um, kids. <laughs> me and Lauren tried for three years to have kids. And we we it was such a brutal and difficult process as we waited to have kids. And now that we got them, we got like three kids now unexpectedly. <laughs> It's like, what What do you mean unexpected? Like, you know how that happens, right? Like, um, but we weren't trying to have two more. We just wanted one and, and you know, our Netflix got canceled. We, we didn't know what else to do, but <laughs> a little fun joke there. But now that we have our kids, we realized like, three years prior to us having kids, it would have been so hard. <laughs> we we were so young. It would have been... We, I don't even know if we had the maturity to be able to handle kids. I mean, we could barely handle our dog, Sam, when we got him as a puppy. (laughs) But what I'm getting at is that those three years, we grew in our maturity. We grew in ourselves, within our marriage. We we developed a strong marriage in that time, and it really helped prepare us to have three kids unexpectedly, and as well as all the other things that we have experienced as a married couple. Uh, What I'm getting at is... We can look back in our, and again, that's not universal. I'm not saying uh, everybody has to wait that long for kids. Not at all. I'm saying unique to our situation, unique to our marriage, unique to our relationship. Everyone is different. What I'm getting at is that you can look back and see how God used that as a process building your character. It could be the exact opposite situation to where you had kids right away and if you at first it was so hard but you realize that you're uh, as you had to drastically dramatically learn how to work together as parents uh grow uh, uh, learn how to um quickly learn how to raise a kid unexpectedly it accelerated your character it accelerated your marriage your relationship to to be what it is now see it was difficult but it refined your character the same goes for for almost anything because um, look what, uh, and God consistently does things in processes. I want you to understand that God does things in processes. Look at the laws of physics, it shows literal intellectual design. It reveals intellectual design of processes and patterns. See, things that are just happen or things that are made out of chaos. They, they do not produce uh, information. It doesn't produce the kind of patterns that we're able to see. The processes that we can see, look at the ecosystem. It is so delicate, so intricate that even when just bees are taken out of the equation, it disrupts everything. If, if our world was just happened, just made by chaos, why would it be so delicate? To where you could take out one small thing from the equation and it would fall apart. If, if if that theory was true, then everything would just be so robust to where you could take out one and not even notice. Or look at the weather. I mean, just the process of like precipitation uh, and what whatever happ- whatever else is part of that process. <laughs> <laughs> I know weather, man. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying, though, right? It, it is a process that is consistent in nearly every every part of our world. Everything in creation has a process. The most amazing to me that shows process is literally the birthing process. The the even the 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 part of conception to birth. It, it, it's amazing to me how God made it so intricate, to where even as a baby is growing inside of a a woman's uterus or a birthing person's stomach (laughs) but as it's (laughs) y'all I'm joking okay (laughs) as it's growing that as it nears the end trimesters as it gets closer to that nine month mark that that baby literally begins, begins to detach and be expelled from a woman's body like, why is, how is it that that baby doesn't just turn into an alien scene? <laughs> <laughs> Let me out of here. It, <laughs> but the process of birthing is so intricate to where everything works together in detail. It's where it, it, even, did you know that even when women take uh, epidural, that it affects, it, it affects the process there's, there's, I'm not. Hey, long got epidural. I was like, go for it, girl. But it even affects the process of contractions, to where just that that intervention affects the process in dramatic, dramatic ways, to where it alters the birth, to where it's actually harder to birth than it is just naturally. It, what I'm getting at is these processes matter, and when we try to go around them in our lives. It it ends up making it harder in so many areas. that We typically don't understand why we are going through certain things and why we haven't received our answered prayer. But these processes prepare, uh, prepare itself for the next level of change. All of these processes prepare itself for the next level of change. And it is the same with our hopes and purposes we have in God when we finally arrive to our answered prayer the thing that we're hoping for and desiring we can look back and see how all of that waiting helped refine our character to be able to better handle the blessing that we wanted just like i was using that example of birthing that last trimester it, anyone that's been pregnant before knows that you don't sleep at all you're uncomfortable you're it, it's it's just hard and I remember all the nights where I would wake up in the morning like, hey, babe, how'd you sleep? Like, I didn't sleep at all. I was like, yeah, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We need to do something. We need to lay somewhere else. (laughs) But see, that lack of sleep prepared her to be able to be up all throughout the night feeding a baby. Lucky her. (laughs) Yeah, blessings. (laughs) See, you see how even just that process in the end of a pregnancy prepares for the next level of change. Being irritable all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why don't you just stop right there? <laughs> I'm joking. But it it prepares you. It prepares you. It prepares you. And in the same way, the waiting time and whatever we're, we're working towards prepares us for the next level. It refines our character. And I want us to understand that the blessings that we're praying for, every time blessing is actually given to somebody in Scripture, you know, like every time it is actually responsibility, think about it for a moment. What would be a great blessing for you? What is it that you, is a blessing to you right now? Some of us, it, it may be a child, that's a huge responsibility, right? As, as uh, Ceci looks at her baby, yeah. <laughs> But see, it's a it's a form of responsibility. Maybe you really want it's your life goal to start this certain business to to go out and be this entrepreneur. That's a huge responsibility, the greatest task you may even take in your life. See, all of these blessings are huge responsibilities. It's a blessing for me to be able to plant a church and, and, and pastor and all and it's ama- I've always dreamed of it. it. Is the hardest responsibility besides having kids that I've ever experienced in my life. Specifically, having three kids under three, <laughs> it is a huge level of responsibility that can keep you up at night. And so, what I'm getting is, when we understand that these blessings we desire so much are actually responsibilities, it helps you to appreciate the process of waiting better. To understand that you may not even be, uh, you may want to instead pray rather than the blessing to come prematurely. I would urge you to pray for God to prepare you in the meantime. Prepare you to be ready for that blessing. Prepare you by softening your heart and growing to the level that you need to be in in order to handle the blessing that you're asking for. And no matter what it is that you're waiting for, remember to never assume a result without adding the power of God to it first. Never assume a result without adding the power of God to it first. And I want us to to take a moment to get emotional and understand that even when it comes to relationships, you're waiting to get better. That's a waiting process, isn't it? Waiting for the relationship with your mom, your dad, your spouse, your, your brother, your sister, that you haven't talked to in so long, waiting for it to get better. Never assume a result without adding the power of God to it first. Well, what if I do all this waiting and nothing's changed? What if they never change? What if they continue to do this? Just don't assume a result without adding the power of God to it first. The power of God can change situations, relationships dramatically and give a completely different result that is greater than anything you could have even expected. Y'all feel what I'm saying? With that being said, I want us to, to close our eyes and bow our heads. And We talked all about waiting today. And there's one thing in this world that I believe no one should wait for. And that's having a right relationship with God. And if you're here in this room and you've, you've been meddling and planning and trying to work every way around the idea of having this moment where you commit to God, commit to Christ, Just get serious in your faith. And you've been trying to work your way around it. And God is ministering to you right now. With every head bowed and eye closed, I want you to just raise your hand. Amen. Right where you're at, I want you to have a conversation with God. And just talk to him and say, I'm willing to wait for these other things, but I'm not going to wait for you anymore. No more waiting. Today is the day. I want to get serious in my faith. I want to be with you. I want to be right with you. The Bible says in the book of Romans that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he said he is, surely you shall be saved. What it's saying is that if you just acknowledge Jesus' offering to you, his sacrifice on the cross to pay for our sins, if you acknowledge that and are genuine in talking to him, that surely you shall be saved. Have your own conversation with God. You don't need me or anybody else to lead you through it. Just be yourself and talk to God in a transparent way. And as you do that, if you're here and you feel like God is is really just speaking to you, maybe even confirming things to you about waiting, maybe you've been wrestling with doubts in your life, in your mind, about whether or not you should continue a certain path or start a certain path or whatever it is, And this message is just confirming to you that God is saying just press on and continue to wait. You're on the right track. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Amen. God, I pray that you finish what you started in your people, that you confirm not only just by this message, but that you confirm by your Holy Spirit and that you cause your presence to rest on these people you are speaking to and that you cause your Holy Spirit to give a confidence, and a peace in whatever it is that you're administering to them about. We surrender to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. With that being said, we're going to enter into a time of worship. And before we do, we're going to um, turn off online. Thank you guys for being a part. We love you. Have a good rest of your life. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, GraveTop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the GraveTop Church Podcast.